This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. I am Dax Holt, Adam Glenn, out there in New York. Hi, bud. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I, I got nothing to complain about right now. I'm, you know, I'm locked down, but uh, I, it, hopefully this will end at some point. You know what the thing is? We've been able to focus on different projects. One of them is obviously this podcast, which has been doing very, very well. And that's because of you guys, the fans. You guys been uh, the reviews, the, the subscriptions. Everything has been going really, really well with it. We've had some amazing guests. And I like what we're doing here, man. We're... You know, like we always said, we humanize Hollywood. We're we're your people that have been in the entertainment industry, in, in the entertainment industry in all aspects, and now that we're kind of we have our feet in all different parts of it, and we're able to kind of talk about the stuff that's not really spoken about, uh, yeah. rather than tell me about the character, sort of the strategy, the business behind it. It's you know when people think about Hollywood, it's show business. It's show. You have the show, the creative, and then there's the business behind it. So it's. Uh, but I, it's I like really the way cool. you've always put it. It's like pulling back the curtain. So it's not just like, hey, you're seeing the final product. You're seeing how it would it came to be, or you know what really happened behind the scenes. I think that's the part that most of uh, you know the people that listen enjoy. And so uh, you know we are reading your guys' reviews on iTunes. We're seeing the stars, the likes, uh, I, and it means a lot to us. So thank you very much and. You know, Adam set up this interview today, which I'm very excited about. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, this guy runs a website that I feel like I have been going to for years, even though I'm not his demo, not his direct demo, <laughs> but I've definitely kept him in my radar just because of working at TMZ for so long and they've been breaking big stories. But uh, we have the editor-in-chief of Media Takeout, Fred Mahunga Unga. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for joining us. It's crazy. Yeah, thank you. Media Takeout is, you know, it's an insanely successful entertainment site that focuses on African-American celebrities, pop culture, and they're creating the original content, and they entertain millions and, millions and millions of people daily. You know, they're getting tons of unique views. And you are the guy that started it, you know, and uh, that's uh, that's a pretty cool that's a thing, big man. Deal. It's a big deal. You've been at it for a long time, so congratulations with all the success. Thanks. I mean, who would have known? I mean, you know, I, I'm sure you guys didn't expect to be doing what you're doing right now. I mean, you know, you kind of back into it. It's probably the best job I've ever had, and so it's been a great 16 years working with you, Jacob. Insane. 16 and years. You, 16 you years. started yeah. right uh, about the same time that – TMZ startup, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, looking back, I'm, I, I feel like it, they both kind of happened on the scene right about the same time. And, I mean, you guys have just blown up, man, blown up. Yeah, I mean, I think when we initially started, the idea of running an entertainment news site that focused primarily on African-American content, I think a lot of people just didn't get it. They didn't see kind of the value to it. At the time, remember, the biggest stars, the biggest kind of paparazzi stars were Paris Hilton um, Nicole Richie and the idea of like the African American celebrity wasn't necessarily as well kind of put together as it is right now. 
but then Kim Kardashian came and a bunch of other people and she, they made the kind of the transition. Um, and now when you look at it, even if you look on a place like TMZ, you see so many of the stories are of African-American celebrities. And that just wasn't the case 16 years ago when we started. I'm telling you, that shifted so much from the time that, you know, I was covering stories there. You're right. It was it was white people overload. It really was. And then there was a, a shift in, in, in people's attention and culture and what they wanted to talk about. And clearly, you know, that, that was a good change. But did that hurt your side at all because you started to realize everyone else was covering what was your bread and butter? No, I mean, remember at the time, it, it, it's kind of like, a, you know, as the, the, the tide lifts all ships, right? And so when you have TMZ, which is a big, it's run by a big corporation, right? They have a TV show with it. They're bringing more people or creating a greater interest in African-American culture. So as they're doing that, we're getting, you know, the we're getting a portion of that too. So you know, a lot of times when you're running a company, you're always thinking about com- competition. You're like, oh, I really want to beat them. I really want to kind of take them out. But I never looked at it like that. I'm, I'm always looking at it like, hey, especially if you can get some really big companies and especially with the presence on television to come into this industry, that's only going to be good for me. And in, in, in turn, it actually was good for, for us. So what, what hole did you see in the system or in the industry or even in news when you first created the site? You know, because, you know, you are you have a law background, you know, and you had a successful laundry company, but you obviously saw something that was going on in entertainment to news. And what did you see that you're like, man, I could fill this hole or fill this void? Well, there was kind of two two issues. One was kind of the the gossip issue, which, you know, at the time, remember, media was mostly, you know, if we're talking about pre before digital media. When you're talking about gossip, it was either a radio station, so it's a radio program, or it was a magazine. Now, the radio station, could they can always talk about gossip, but they can't really do it because they rely so heavily on celebrities coming in and doing interviews. So they had to always kind of be nicey-nicey to them. And magazines, it was the same thing, right? Like they, they could kind of talk about gossip, but they were relying on the celebrities to show up and be on the cover of the magazine to sell issues. So they couldn't have it. So the idea of creating kind of a gossip place once the Internet um, – started but started to boom it was pretty easy to do because a lot of the people that would have been our traditional competitors right magazines and radio stations just weren't there right so that was kind of that was one real opportunity um and we weren't the only ones to take advantage of that obviously tmz there were a bunch of other blogs uh Chris hilton who was kind of big who was extraordinarily big at the time took advantage of it um so that was that was part one and then on the african-american side the African-American celebrities just weren't covered. I mean, I remember talking to a bunch of African-American celebrities that were pretty big, certainly at the time and even now. And they would say, you know, we would, we would show up to an event and the paparazzi would, would take all the pictures of all the, the white celebrities coming in. And then when we would show by, they would just put the cameras down. And they were like, why? Why, why aren't you doing this? And, and one of the celebrities actually talked to one of the paparazzi people. And she, they were like, well, we just can't really sell these photos because they were just selling. They would sell them to, you know, uh, um, the magazines um, and the websites that were out there that weren't particularly interested in African-American celebrities. So there was a huge hole in the market that you had a lot of these celebrities that were big celebrities that had huge fan bases that people really wanted to know about, and they just weren't being covered for no good reason, right? So because of those two things, it was kind of like the perfect storm to create a media takeout at the time. Yeah, no, it's he's you're exactly right. I, you know, from my experience as a paparazzi, it's you know, I've dealt with other photographers and they say, you know, I've given them tips on African-American celebrities and they say, listen, I, it's not worth my time. And I, they'd say, why? They say, because 
I can't make money on them. It's not like they don't want to shoot them. It's like it's just not worth my time because the outlets won't use the photos. And it's crazy that those outlets, you know, major news outlets won't run their photos. What's it's, ironic about know, that, Adam, was it- is I think that one of your most successful like videos or people that you cover is Floyd Mayweather. By far. He is yeah. on, on the top of your 100%. list if you can get him out. He what might make you the most money. It's so interesting. I yeah, no, it's crazy because, you know, I mean, it's starts to say, but I deal with a lot of African American celebrities and to be honest with you, they're some of the coolest and best people to deal with. Uh, because either A, they get it, or B, I don't know. I, I actually, I shouldn't even say that. I really don't know why. They've just been, I've had good relations with them, but, you know, I never really saw it. Maybe it's the way I grew up. It was just, I just wanted to produce content, but it's not really, it was up to me. It was up to the major outlets who were the gatekeepers of allowing them to be seen yeah. or being visual. So, you know, it's it's crazy, but it's, you know, props to you for seeing a hole and kind of jumping on that. So when you started Media Takeout, how much capital did you have to start the site? Like, you know, you have the idea, and then walk me through the steps when you started the site. Because the site didn't initially start as a site. It started as a blog, correct? Uh, right. So initially, it, was, it wasn't even a blog. It was more like a, uh, a bunch of external links, sort of like the Drudge Report. So sure. we had a bunch of different links, and we would just outbound link to all the different news sites. And then eventually, we started, you know, slowly growing, and then we built the staff where we, we would produce maybe one or two news stories a week. And then it became, you know, one one story a day as the staff grew. And then eventually you got we got to the point where we're producing original content. And were you making money right away? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we also didn't ramp up incredibly large, right? So when you when you're when you were talking about like if you, we compare it to, to a company like TMC, I mean TMC had a lot of money backing it, but then they launched the site and then the TV the TV show was almost at the same time, right? So you had this you had this giant staff that was able to kind of produce news content some of which could be used for the site and some of which could be used for, for the television show. We didn't have anywhere near, I mean, I didn't have anywhere near that, that level of capital and I didn't need it, right? Because at the time, we're, we were just basically putting out headlines. So that could be done by, by me and like one other person. And then as you start, you know, as you're producing more news content, you're hiring as needed. So we ended up, you know, we were able to start the company with very little money at all. And we only grew as revenues grew. So we would we uh, we use the the uh, the earnings of the company to support the growth of the company. I was curious, what was that first story that you posted that really started to bring in traffic or eyeballs or get you noticed? And I and I don't mean like super big story. I'm talking at the very beginning where you posted something about you know whoever, and you're like, oh wow, like this could actually be something. It's 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 hard to know, right? Because there were so many stories out there. I can think of, I mean, I think the one of the biggest breaks that kind of made a difference is when Wendy Williams started talking about our news stories. Mm. So we'd always we'd been producing news stories and we were getting kind of buzz out there. And the people that knew about it, which weren't a lot, would they were interested and they'd talk to their friends and stuff like that. But there wasn't social media as it is right now. And so the idea of just kind of blowing up overnight was really just not really possible back then yeah. because most of the people, most of the audience was offline. It wasn't online. But what happened to us is Wendy Williams, you know, we, we had been reaching out to her and, you know, at the time, I mean, obviously we all know Wendy Williams as being, you know, t- t- TV talk show host, you know, one of the biggest news personalities in the world. At the time she was on radio and she was at the time one of the biggest radio personalities and she had a huge and very loyal audience on, on the radio. And so she would read 
media takeout stories to her audience. And she would do it and she would do it. She wouldn't just do it once. She would do it like daily. And sometimes she'd do it two, and th- two or three times a day. And eventually a lot of her audience was converted to media takeout readers. And so, you know, I think the, the biggest kind of thing for us at the time was that we had a bunch of big stories. Though. I mean, I think, you know, I, I can just kind of trying to remember any of them or the ones that were kind of particularly interesting and in how they developed. Um, maybe when Chris Brown and Rihanna, when uh, Chris Brown assaulted Rihanna, that was that was a big story and it was kind of a crazy day too. Do you think oh, yeah. Wendy wanted to help out or do you think Wendy was trying to give back to the culture and kind of, you know, credit an African-American news site rather than the average EW people or even TMZ? Do you think Wendy kind of took note of that or was she, did, was she even aware that what she was doing? Um, you know, now I've, you know, ever since then we've become good friends. And so, you know, I, 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 and I asked her about this and she was just like, you know, I was just kind of doing what I do. I mean, she's incredibly supportive of other people in media. Um, she saw what we did. She liked it. And it, it's, it's a weird thing because when we reached out to Wendy, Wendy was probably the biggest of the, the, the uh, radio personalities that we reached out to. But we reached out to a lot of others. We reached out to a lot of smaller ones. And they all said no. They all were like, why would I lend my brand to, to, um, to your content? And here you have the person that's the biggest, the person that's probably in the – that really could have said that to us. And really, you know, I would have been like, yeah, I, you know, I understand. She was the one who was like, yes, I'm – I'll freely lend my brand to you. And I think that says a lot of kind of who she is as a person. And I think, you know, if you look at throughout her career, all the different people that she's helped along, I think you'll see that that's just, I think, in the nature of her personality. And I, and I just, I'm just lucky to have kind of crossed paths with her. That's so interesting. It, and it's that's funny how cool. like, it really does take someone with that kind of reach and power to, to spotlight a brand. And next thing you know, it shoots to the top. It really yeah. is amazing. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, now that we're kind of big, we see a lot of other people and we try and do the same thing, you know, try and kind of, we see someone out there that's incredibly talented and they're doing a good job. I mean, you know, the way that I look at it, and I think it's probably the way that she looks at it also, is that, you know, if the person is really talented and they're in this industry, they're probably going to be in this industry for a long time. You know, while, you know, I might see the people that are working over at other media companies, maybe the people over at TMZ or Wendy or wherever, I see them as kind of my coworkers, right? Like, now, today, you're working over at TMZ. Tomorrow, you're hosting a podcast, right? And, you know, we, you're not planning. You're going to be in this industry for the next 15, 20, 25 years. And so am I. And so our paths are going to continually cross, you know, over the course of our careers. So I don't, I, you know, the idea of helping someone out, you know, oftentimes the tables can turn and then they're in a position to help you out also. So I think it's, you know, especially in entertainment, which you know, I think to, to a lot of the people out there, they see it as being a gigantic field of so many people. You know, when you're in it for a while, you start seeing the same people, and, you know, especially if they're talented, you see the same people over and over and over again, working at different companies, maybe in different roles. Um, and, you know, some days you're in the position of power in the bargaining position, and sometimes they are too, right? And so if this is going to be the way that, you know, our interaction is going to be for the next 25 years, why not start it out on a, on a good note, I think. Yeah. How do you? This is a really basic question, uh, but I'm asking just you know for people, for new for news purposes. But how do you decide when something is news? That's a harder question, right? It's and I think a lot of it is it depends on kind of who it is, what is, if the story is about somebody that's particularly newsworthy, right? So if 
the, the story is, you know, a woman broke up with a boyfriend. That's not a big deal. If the story is Drake broke up with his girlfriend, you know, it's a, it's a, it becomes a story, a new story. So the, 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 the focus of our stories is in fact the celebrities. And so whatever it is and, you know, the news around them, I think is kind of the way that we, we determine that. Yeah, because it's it's weird. It's uh, you know, I'm sure you, like like we are, and I'm sure you get it all the time. We're pitched stories all the time. We're like, ah, sorry, there's nothing I could do with it. Like, there's no story. There's no news. So it's it's very difficult to really dis- you know, I should say difficult because we know we have a very good eye of okay, we could see the story, but uh, it's hard to be that the you know, in some ways, you are the gatekeeper, right? You know? But remember, at that point, right? It's it's now a question of kind of allocating resources, right? Like you have a certain number of people that can do the kind of investigation and the reporting necessary to produce a story out of it. Yeah. And the question is, is the public even interested in what it is that you're you're putting out there, right? Like, am I gonna, you know, take one of a, one of my lead writers and have them spend the entire day kind of going about this, and then you're producing a story that you know, nobody even cares about. So I think that a lot of that is how that decision is made, um, if that makes sense. And how, how fast do you feel that you need to get stories up to get clicks? Like, if this is a story that's breaking right now, do you have the loyal audience where you're not trying to beat the TMZs and Shade Rooms or whoever else is out there? Do you feel that you can still put it up and you're good, but you just want to have it on the site or do you feel like you need to rush and get it up as quickly as possible? It depends. I mean, sometimes there's stories that like a lot of times because of the kind of the nature of this, you know, if a source comes to you, sometimes they'll go to two people at the same time. Right. So they'll go. A perfect example is um, um, when Chris Brown's daughter, when the news of Chris Brown's daughter came out, first came out, the person that came to us with the, with the news story, I knew that they also went to TMZ at the exact same time. So, and TMZ knew that they had come to us at the same time. So it was like a rush. Like as soon as you get the information, you're kind of trying to put it together and trying to get it out. And I think we may have gotten it out a couple of minutes before TMZ, or maybe they got it out a couple of minutes before us. But essentially the news stories came out at the same time. And at that point it was a rush. That, that story came out, I think at like midnight. On any other story like that, we wouldn't have put it out at midnight. We would have waited till the next morning to get the, the majority of people. And TMC would have done the same thing. But because we both knew that the story was kind of coming out, and you were tr- you were trying to beat the other people, the other person, then you then it comes out. Then uh, that was the reason why we were kind of for, you know rushing to get a story out. But a lot of times we're usually. I mean, they're, they're, the one thing about it is there's a lot of entertainment news out there, but there aren't that many people that are actually doing reporting and trying to figure out stories. Yeah. Right. So and it's the same, you know, five or six different places that are out there doing it. And so, you know, the rush to get something out is not as big because they're, they're really like I said, I mean, even though there is a thousand different places online, right, there's a million different blogs on Instagram. But there really aren't that many people out there that are really going out trying to pursue stories and trying to figure out what what's going on. So. Because there isn't that much competition to kind of put something like that out, usually you can hold it back. You probably don't want to hold it back more than a day. Um, I I have a question relating on that speed of story. So obviously TMZ was highly criticized for releasing the Kobe Bryant story and posting it before, you know, a lot of the next of kin was notified. And I've said this numerous times. I said, look, they're doing what they 
what they had to do. They're a news site. They got the information. If they didn't post it, someone else would have. They would have lost the story. I'm curious what your opinion is. If you would have got that information, would you at Media Takeout have posted the Kobe Bryant story? Oh, yeah. Well, without a doubt, we would have done it. I mean, but you have to recognize kind of what happens, you know, when you what happens in people's psyche when someone as important to them as Kobe Bryant dies. Right. And, and dies in such a tragic way that, you know, no one could truly make sense out of. Immediately, what people do is they want to find someone to blame. Right. If there were, you know, if, if he had been like um, murdered or something like that, then you'd have a clear person to blame. But in this case, it was or what it looks like is a tragic accident. And so there really isn't anyone to blame. So what you do is you try and find someone that's somehow associated with the story or whatever and try and put the blame on them. And so you could take that because you have all this pent up feeling inside of you. And so TMZ just was that, right? Like the, the news came out. Everyone, when it came out, they went to TMZ, they read it, and you know they were happy to they weren't happy to find that out, but they were happy that there is a place out there, or, or um, they liked the fact that there's a place out there that is giving you content um, as quickly and as accurately as TMZ. Um, but then when you get the, the news and you have these feelings of kind of you know um, loss, and you want to kind of find out someone to kind of blame. I think they just people just jumped on TMZ in that in that case. I mean, it it, it always happens. I remember, you know, a, a while back when Michael Jackson passed, TMZ did the same thing. They broke the news um, that Michael Jackson died, and everybody jumped on them too. How could you break broken the news that Michael Jackson died? You know how why what you know how how heartless was it for, for you to do that? Um, you know, I, so I I think in from the news standpoint, do you put something out like that? Yeah, you put it out as 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 soon as as soon as you can. Um, and from you know, you just have to be ready and willing to deal with the consequences. And particularly in a case where there's a tragedy um, and people have all this raw emotion and they're looking for they're looking to kind of let it out on someone, you just have to be prepared that that's going to be you. Yeah. That's a good answer. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you guys create a lot of clickbait? You know, and is that really a goal? Because you need people to kind of create, you know, is the, how important is the headline so people click on the story, which obviously generates revenue for you guys? We, I won't say that we produced clickbait, but we used to spend a lot more time um, and a lot more of an effort creating kind of interesting and catchy headlines, right? And that was kind of our, we weren't necessarily doing it as like a clickbaity thing. It was just kind of part of the culture of what media takeout had become. And this is probably um, five or six years ago. And then we trans we transitioned out of that um, for, for SEO purposes, right? Like if you, if you put a, you know, a crazy title, you're going to get penalized SEO. And that's, you know, for the people that are out there listening, it's um, search engine optimization. So a lot, some of, a lot of the traffic that you get is direct people coming to you. And then some of the traffic that you get is from search engines, places like Google, um, or, or, uh, social media or Facebook, places like that. And so, um, Google and Facebook started penalizing people that didn't have kind of bland, accurate titles to their subjects, to their, their articles. And so it just, it, you know, for us and for, I think a lot of people in the industry, it just changed. I think it was, you know, it's probably a bad thing, because I think that was part of the creativity in what we were doing and what a lot of other places were doing was creating these kind of interesting headlines, which now, you know, they call clickbait. But I think a lot of people just enjoyed the idea of seeing the, the headlines. Yeah. 
But but to, to the other point, the, the idea of clickbait, you know, people think like, oh, hey, you just put a, an article, you know, maybe you put something misleading in the headline and then people click it and then ha ha, ha you get the, you get the, uh, you know, the revenue from the, the advertisements on the page. And that's really short term thinking because you can fool people, you know, a couple of times and eventually they're like, you know what, I'm not coming to this site. This site has all this, you know, these headlines and whenever you click it. It's never what you really went for. It's a waste of my time. I'm not coming back there. And you end up losing readers. And so it's a lot more important to hold on to readers than it is to get the marginal dollars that you get off of a single page. Yeah. Who do you, um, you know, do you guys, who is your competition? It's hard to, I mean, nowadays there's, you know, there's social media, there's, you know, um, magazines and TV are really not, not there as much and neither is radio. So it's other sites and social media. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's also, it's hard to kind of say too, because the world just changes and people are getting their news from so many different places, right? Like when we first started, there were no, there was no other websites out there. Right. And then there was a ton of websites and there was no social media. Right. And then there's a ton of social media and there's kind of all these ebbs and flows that kind of come about there. So I think from our standpoint, it's not so much kind of thinking about who your competition is and trying to beat your competition. Um, it's more so just really trying to put out the best quality product that you can for your audience and recognizing that competition is going to be there. It's going to be all over the place. Um, and if you, you know, recognize the people that are your competitors that are talented, like I said, are really your coworkers and you're going to be dealing with them for the next 20, 25 years. Um, and you just kind of operate in a way I think is as ethically as possible. You try and, you know, make alliances and friendships and partnerships and whatever along the way. And uh, but at the end of the day, it's not about me or the or media takeout or whatever. It's about the the reader, the person that's coming to media takeout, saying, "Hey, I want to have a great experience. I want to have you know, I want to laugh a little bit. I want to learn a little bit. I want to you know know what's going on, so that when I talk to my friends, they know what they what I'm saying. I want to know what this meme is that I, I see going around on uh, on Instagram. And you kind of you try and hit as many of those kind of things as you can to give the reader the best possible um, experience. So one thing you had mentioned kind of at the beginning was that, you know, you kind of built this brand on not feeling like you needed to cater to necessarily what celebs wanted and what they needed, but really what was either the truth or the story or, you know, you you weren't playing by the rules essentially. So it makes me wonder, how do publicists treat you guys? Publicists? um, So a lot of publicists are just scared, right? So they're like, um, you know, we want to kind of work with me to take out, but they don't know like what the outcome is going to be because that's kind of the way it is, right? Like with their, if, if, you know, with some of them that I have a good relationship with that we've been working with many times, many years, they understand and they trust. But a lot of times they're just like kind of nervous. They don't want to do anything that's going to get them fired. So from the publicist standpoint, it's a lot of times it's just, it's not necessarily, it's kind of a iffy relationship. Usually the, the best relationships you have is directly with the celebrities, With the celebrities you can talk to and they understand it and, you know, and, and, uh, you can have that. That relationship is usually a lot better than the relationship with the publicist. We're both we're smiling at each other because we think publicists are the biggest <laughs> cock blocks on the entire planet. And it is amazing how many people that we want to reach out to that try to get on our podcast or talk about or whatever. And their publicists will immediately shut it down. We're like. Did you even ask that person? Because we know that they're a fan of our podcast. They would probably actually like to be on this or, you know, they would like to talk about their project. And it's just like, 
we wonder how some of these people get paid out there because they're they're not even doing their jobs. I think that a lot of times because that's what they're worried about, right? Like they're they they just don't want anything bad to happen, right? So they're like, okay, if there's even a one percent chance of something bad happening over there, I'd rather just keep them away from that, right? And then because you, you're not going to get fired for like not getting you on the podcast. You'll get fired for putting them on the podcast and then something not going as well as they thought. Yeah, right? but so, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you kind of agree sometimes things going bad actually get you more publicity than things I, going right? Listen, you're talking to the right person. I completely agree with what you're saying. I don't think that's the right way to do it, but it's just the way that the industry works. I do think that a lot of the publicists that have been around for a lot longer get it a little bit more. And, you know, they've a lot of times they've done – They've worked with you in the past. They understand. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, there's, but I agree. I think a lot, a lot of times the publicists are, uh, are an issue. Have you like talked to people like Harvey Levin at all and some of the other like heads of these other kind of news sites? Have you had a, have you, have you had a conversation with Harvey at all? Yeah, yeah. I've spoken to Harvey a bunch of times. I mean, one time it was, you know, not necessarily, it was uh, an issue that happened. Um, but yeah, you know, he, I respect what he did. I mean, he started this, I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of doing what we're doing, but he's doing it on a bigger level, right? He's doing it on television as well as online. And, you know, you can't have anything but respect for what he, what it is that he's done. Right. So from, from my standpoint, I actually like these people, even though these are people that I've, I've competed with. I mean, there's, there's other people that are in the industry, like the, the folks over at, um, uh, um, I won. Alfred Liggins and, and, and his mom. And I mean, these are people that I'm like, wow, these are, these are like great people in the industry. And, you know, they're, you know, to some people, they'd be like, well, you know, these are some of your biggest competitors out there. But I mean, you know, and the other side of it is too, it's just kind of like, who can you talk to when you're running like a media organization and you want to kind of talk about, you know, issues like this, um, about the day-to-day issues, right? Like, I, I guess I could talk to my staff. I guess I could talk to other people. But, you know, people that are really kind of in your scenario, in your situation, and really just kind of understand kind of what you're going through. I mean, one of the people that had a really good relationship was um, Q over at Worldstar. Mm-hmm. We would talk all the time, and we would talk about different partnerships, and if something was going wrong with the site, I'd run it by him, and he'd do the same thing with me. And, you know, to some people, they'd be like, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's your, your competition. And I guess, you know, to some extent it was. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, who else is there out in the world that kind of understands what it's like to run an urban media company and has have been doing it for 10 years? And if that, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. People that you can have those conversations with. It's funny. Does does anyone uh, call you like the Black Harvey Levin since you guys both lawyers, both started up these huge gossip sites? I'm just curious. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so when before you post something, how much factual evidence or proof do you have before you you post something? You know, because some people say, "Oh, this is just gossip," but for you guys, how much? How do you decide when something's actual factual? Even if you know, as you know, sometimes the publicists say that's not true, that's not true, but you guys are like, "Nope, we know it's true. We're going to put out the story." How much evidence do you need to know for that? We're not going to, I mean, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it, there's different stories, right? Like there might be the story that, you know, Kendall Jenner said this about, you know, um, Beyonce, right? Like, do we know what Kendall Jenner said is true? No, but the, the story is that Kendall Jenner is going out there putting this stuff on Instagram, right? So there's, there's stories like that, right? Where you're just kind of reporting the news of the, the, the story. 
Um, and then there's stories that we're, we're breaking um, internally that we take a look at. And the idea is you really want to believe, you want, you want to be comfortable that what you're saying is in fact true. Um, and so, you know, there's all these different standards and whatever else um, you could talk about. But at the end of the day, your audience wants to know the truth. You're not doing yourself any service by putting something out there that's later shown to be false. So, you know, there's no incentive at all to do that. There's, in fact, a huge disincentive to doing to, to, to putting out something that's false. So you're you're trying to figure out, I mean, you know, whatever the standards are, at the end of the day, you want to be able to say, yes, we believe this is true. And that's what we do. And that's the standard that we that we have out there. How did you guys break Kim Kardashian Kim Kardashian's pregnancy? So you know, there a lot of times and then and I know a lot of especially the listeners out there, they're thinking like, yeah, what you're talking to a publicist and whatever else. That's really not how it works a lot of times, right? Like it's not like Kim Kardashian and Kanye West have a baby and then they go to their publicists and say, Hey publicists. We had a baby today. Make sure that if anybody asks us about this, asks you about this baby, that you deny it or not, right? Like the publicist has no idea whether or not Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are having a, having a baby or not, right? Because the, the publicist isn't isn't in their inner circle like that. But they have friends around, right? And then the friends have friends, right? So so you might she may have told one of her friends, or Kanye may have told one of his friends, and then his friend tells someone else, right? And so uh, most of the time that you're getting something, you're getting it from someone that's directly connected to the person. A lot of times, too, uh, especially now in the ages of reality TV, you have all of these different um, production companies that are essentially in, in the, the celebrities' lives, right? So now it's not just, you know, her and Kanye West having that conversation. It's, you know, her you know, talking with her agent and her agent then talking to the production company of Keeping Up With The Kardashians and the production company in the, in the, of, for Keeping Up With The Kardashians now talking to all of their staff and making sure that things are proper, are, are ready for, for uh, a pregnancy. So especially when someone is involved in a reality show or a television show or something like that, that is, I think, one of the easiest ways to get information because it, you know, it's now it's not no longer even just a friend. It's you know there are you know there are literally dozens of people that are uh, that are are, are there um, working for, on on keeping up with the Kardashians. And if Kim Kardashian was pregnant and she was trying to hide it in some way, I can assure you that all dozens of those people would know. Obviously, they're all signing non disclosures, and they wouldn't you know want to um, um, publicly come out and say this. But you know, as good as a non disclosure is, it's not going to stop you from talking to your friends and saying, "Oh, you know, guess what I found out." Just don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's with all these publications, we always see the word sources and insiders. You know, it's just it's such an overused word, just like the, everyone uses the word allegedly. You know, as an editorial, uh, as a you know, coming from the editorial person, is that a word that you have to use legally? And who are these sources and insiders usually? Like I said, I mean, it, uh, for reality shows, if it's any kind of reality show insider it's usually someone that's working on on the on the show right so it could be an editor it could be a pa it could be one of the the producers it could be um um someone on the set so that's usually who it is when it's like leaking details that happen on a reality show which i think a lot of that is what we do um and then if it's just something personal it could be anyone it could be a friend it could be uh, it's it's hard to know you know, because it just kind of changes as the the scenario um, dictates. 
But a lot, but but um, you know, you're using that word because it's like a lot of times people, and almost in all cases, the person comes to you and says, "Listen, I'm going to tell you this. Make sure you don't tell it's me, and make sure that you don't describe who I am in a way so that the subject knows that it was me who gave it to you." Right. So, from the reader's standpoint, the reader will say, "Oh, you're saying insider. Why don't you tell me some more about the insider? Is the insider so and so? Is the insider so and so? You know." But the more that you tell the more that you're essentially disclosing who that insider is, right? Because the, the, the subject of the article knows who's around them, right? So if you, you know, while, while the reader might say, oh, you know, you're saying a uh, female that um, is one of their friends, the subject might be like, oh, you know, I have a bunch of female friends, but I only told one of them this story, this thing, so it must be her, right? So a lot of times you're trying to protect your sources because um, – they don't want to be found out. So over the years, Media Takeout has posted a lot of celebrity nudes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just curious how, because a lot of people don't want to go there. A lot of outlets, they don't want to risk it. They don't want their name attached to dick pics and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, what? what's the feedback, number one, you get? Obviously, I'm sure your clicks go through the roof because you're going to be one of the only people to post. But what also is the, like, reaction you get from fans? Yeah, I mean, we, we had to stop that. I mean, I think they, they changed a bunch of laws, especially California, right? Like, you, you, you can't do that. So, you know, over the 16 years, the Internet was a way different place, uh, you know, 10 years ago. So we definitely don't do that now just because, like I said, there are laws out there that would, would prevent you from – doing stuff like that but when you do or the for the places that do it or when we used to do it i mean obviously you're getting a ton of traffic because people are just like oh you know they're out there um and all these other places aren't willing to, to post them but media takeout is so uh so yeah we're we want to we want to see the stuff there um as far as the reaction from fans it kind of goes both ways right because you know a lot of times and it's almost like the 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 tmz kobe bryant reaction that you get right like everybody's like okay i, I gotta see what this is i heard there's a dick pic or whatever i gotta see what it is and then they yeah. go in there and then they click it and then after they click it they go how dare you have put that <laughs> you know they're like i don't want to see it but let me see yeah. it first right so so <laughs> most of it is that right like most of the people that are absolutely outraged also are people that actually looked at the picture before they got outraged right um so you know a lot of you get a lot of that the kind of faux outrage but like I said, you have to kind of have thick skin and you have to just be comfortable. Look, I did it. I, you know, this is what we did. We put it out there. Um, and, you know, you're going to get some blowback on any 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 given article that you put out. No matter what it is, you're going to get blowback. I mean, we've put out the most fluff pieces as you could possibly think on celebrities. Um, and they'll call you right up and be like, why did you put this article about me? You know, saying all these horrible things about it. And then you, you know, you're like, what were you talking about? And then you, you look at it and somebody in the comments said something and they're like, oh, well, you, uh, you wrote the article in a way or you made sure that your people wrote the article in a way to elicit this kind of commentary. So no matter what you do, you're going to get blowback. So you just have to just kind of do it and just, you know, be comfortable with what you do and then just be willing to accept what, what comes back at you. Is there any celeb out there that you feel like has super thin skin and is always on your ass about stories? They all do. I mean, the the. the but who's biggest, the number one perpetrator uh, being like, so. "Oh God, stop whining"? 
<laughs> I will say this: the biggest, the bigger problem is not necessarily a person. It's like what kind of personal relationship that you have with them, right? So, the more cool that you are with them, the more of that you're going to get back, right? So, if you have kind of this, you know, basic blank, like we're just, you know, we'll uh, we'll have a completely business relationship, you get less of that. The more that you're like friends with them. You get more of that. And the ones that you're, you know, the ones that it, it got to the point right now where I was just like, I just don't even want to have like if if you're like a Z-list celebrity, OK, we could be cool. But if you're anywhere in the thing and they could possibly make your way on the media takeout, I can't be friends so with you. So you don't want you don't want celeb friends, basically, is what it no. comes down to. It's too it's no. too damaging to your career. Yeah, there was. I mean, there's one one celebrity. I'm not going to say who they are, but we became don't friends. Don't worry, we and- won't tell anyone. Just Just let us know. Uh, but we became friends and literally this person would always call me and be like, you know, you got to do this and you, you, you got to do that. You got to change the way this article is written. And it got to the point where we were, literally we, I had to just tell the editorial staff, like, don't even write any stories about this person anymore. Like I'm going to be friends with them, but you just do not write any, nothing good, nothing bad. Nothing, Cause it just does. It's just not worth it ever to write a story about them. And that's what happened. I mean, this person didn't really un- realize that that was happening at some point. Um, but that's just what I had to do. But, then, okay. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't that like a, a good, I'm trying to think how to say this, but isn't that like a good strategy for celebs? Just start becoming friends with the heads of every big outlet and they're not going to want to write stories about you or would, you're going to be would, a pain in the ass and yep. they're going to not write stories or change their stories up. You're totally right. And there's, uh, there are a lot of celebrities and, you know, I think a lot of times people look at, at, at celebrities and they say, you know, oh, these people are just doing nothing. They're just on Instagram and, you know, they're just taking smiley um, selfies. What is it that they do? What is it that's special about these people? Let's put aside like musicians and athletes and um, artists. And they say, how are these people special? The people that you see that have, you know, 5 million, 10 million, 15, 20, 25 million uh, followers, these people are real, true experts at working the system. And they do exactly what you're saying. They'll reach out to you and they'll be like, hey, let's be friends. Hey, let's do this. And they'll, they work the system completely. And then they, well, then once they work the system and they're, they're like, okay, now we're friends. Now they're like, hey, you know, we're friends. So, you know, only write good things about me. So what you're saying is in fact, exactly how the people out there that are doing it. And especially, you know, I can't say about all of them, but the ones that you see with a lot of followers know how to work this game very well. They are professionals at it. Have you ever feared your life for some of the stories or some of the stuff that's going on and have had like private investigators after you or maybe even yourself had a higher private investigator had to deal with some Ray Donovan type figure at all? No, I mean, you know, a lot of most of the stuff that we do is really, really light. Right. So we don't mess with hip hop beats. We, you know, at the end of the day. The people that come to media takeout want to have fun. Maybe they want to laugh at someone. Maybe they want to know something about someone's personality. But they don't want to see anyone destroyed. So oftentimes we're come, we, we get hit with stories that could actually destroy someone or actually severely impact their the amount of money that they're making, right? So we might get a story from a club promoter saying, hey, don't ever bring this rapper, you know, because this rapper and, and their friends stole from me, Right. That's the kind of story that we could put it out there, right? And, and, and um, you know, let's say that we, we can vet it, verify it and everything. We could, we could put it out there. But that's the kind of story, if you do put it out there, 
that impacts the amount of money that the hip hop artists will make going forward, right? Like the next promoter will think, hey, this person is out there stealing money from promoters. Maybe I'm not going to hire them or maybe I'm not going to do it. And that'll impact the money that they get. And when you start um, putting out stories that are going to impact the amount of money that people are getting or, you know, maybe do something that's going to jeopardize their freedom, let's say, um, that's when I think you get into these kind of problems. But talking about, you know, some insta model that they're dating or whatever else whoever you are the hardest rapper they are really they, this is water off their back the stuff that we produce on media take how much was takashi hitting you guys up to do stories on him well i listen i don't want to talk about any particular person because you know you don't want to do that and then if i did if i were to say hey, yeah you know me and takashi were hanging out or you know we were talking then as you're reading the stories that's always in your mind, right? You're sure. thinking, oh, Takashi is somehow influencing this article. That's why they're writing it this way. They're really friends with Takashi, blah, blah, blah. So I don't like talking about any of the relationships that we have out there. But I can tell you that Takashi, he understands, he is one of the very few hip-hop artists, male hip-hop artists, that understands this game. Like there's so many of the women understand how this, how media works. But almost all of the rappers, they just don't. And a lot of times, and I, I know some of them, so I'll be like, you know, you should really start doing this or, you know, this is the way you should do it. And they're always like, you know, that's really lame. I don't want to do that. Or, you know, I just want to kind of live my life. I want, you know, fame and everything to kind of come to me. I don't want to kind of actively go out there and pursue it. And Takashi is one person that, you know, even if he never rapped again, if he never made another song ever again, because he just understands this world so much, you can see him transitioning and still being incredibly successful. So, you know, whether or not he's reached out to me or not, like I said, I will, will not confirm or deny it. I'll say he is one of the very special people that I was talking about that understands how to make this thing work. So, like, listening to him, obviously, you know, him ratting out his friends, all that kind of stuff became huge news. But do you think that'll affect him long term? Because I feel like he is laughing about it. He's trolling people. And it's almost generating more likes, more views, more song streams for him. Do you think that will follow him for the rest of the time? Or do you think people will move on from that? I think, um, well, I think a couple of things. One, I think he did, you know, the new song that he just released, it was actually brilliant what he did. What he did is he disappeared completely from the world. Right. He got released a couple of weeks ago. You didn't hear a peep from him. You didn't even see him. Right. The first time that you saw him since, you know, you heard he snitched was on that YouTube, on Instagram when he's dropping the video. Right. So there would have been millions of people that were just showing up just to see how he looks. Right. There are millions of people that showed up just to say, oh, wow, this is the guy. Hey, you know, I've been reading about him, you know. So it's not like the people that just watched his video were people that were like, oh, my God, I want to see this video. I'm a fan of Takashi. I like his music. It's probably 80 percent of the people that were on there weren't even there to watch a video or even, didn't even care to, for the video at all. Right. But because they all came at the same time and they all came on the video, he can then twist it and turn it and take it to people and go, look at how many people showed up to watch my video. This is how popular I am. This is, you know, where I am right now. Um, and then the media loves to hear those stories and we all buy it. Now, my opinion, what do I believe that this is long term? 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there really is this fan base that everybody thinks, right? Like there is an incredible amount of curiosity that's there. There's, you know, he did something that was really not good, right? And, you know, the details around it are incredibly dark. You know, you could troll it, you can make fun of it, whatever. The details are the details. What he was accused of doing, um, some of his other previous criminal activity, you know, is pretty dark too. So I think, you know, if it were anyone else, I'd say there's absolutely no no chance of him coming back. I think that, you know, he's dead in the water. But like I said, because he really understands this, I think he's got a fighting chance to kind of make it make it come back. Now, there's no doubt about it. If he had never been in this stitching scenario, he'd be in a way posi- better position than he's in right now. There's no no doubt in my mind that he, it's not like he's better off because now I mean, he we can we can say that about Chris Brown. You could say it about Kobe. I mean, there's a lot of people that have gone through some pretty dark shit in their life and somehow rebounded from it right yeah i don't know i don't know i mean chris brown never really did right chris brown was he was supposed to be one of the biggest artists in the world and he was on track to being that and then he became kind of a pretty good r&b singer um you know so he never really got back to 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 that well he didn't get back to that place but it's not like he is gone off the planet and no one's talking about him anymore he's still pretty relevant yeah but chris brown also was more of a natural talent right like takashi kind of he's kind of you know there's a lot of gimmicks there there's some other stuff so i don't i like i said i'm not gonna I, i'm far be it for me to you know predict the demise of him and like i said he definitely does have the ability you know he has a natural charisma and you know humor and all this other stuff so that if there is anyone that can actually figure out a way to get out of it it's him um i'm just not convinced that 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 it's happening yet and how are the about the kardashians you know you know as a journalist when you look at their history and look at their you know what they've done just how they've used media as uh, a launching pad for their careers and to make money uh do you find it sustainable do you find it interesting do you find them to be everyone else as a research project hey like study the kardashians because they've been so successful of making a name through media you know one i'll say that they're all incredibly talented at figuring out how to remain relevant right like it's it's really hard in this day and age especially in the world in the days of social media to remain relevant to continually reinvent yourself um, and remember, in the beginning, they were doing that through scandal, right? It was like sex tapes and, you know, I'm dating this person, I'm dating that person. But if you look at like the last, let's say, 10 years or so, it's been relatively scandal free, minus Chloe and the whole Tristan stuff. So they're figuring out new ways of doing this um, and remaining relevant. And I think that is an incredible talent of itself. Now, people say, look at it and they're like, wow, you know, has this ever been done? Is this something to study? Or, you know, was anyone ever looked like this? And you know, throughout history, there has always been someone, the Kim Kardashian, right? When you think about the 80s, you know, and you think about like what your mom or your grandmom used to watch on or when she was reading the her uh, her Us Weeklies or National Enquirer's, and it was all about Elizabeth Taylor, right? And for us, right, that are, you know, of a different generation, we're like, well, Elizabeth Taylor was this big movie star, but she wasn't a movie star. She was like a movie star in the 60s or 50s. Now, this is 20 years later. Right. Like 20 years after her movie career ended, how the hell is this lady like on the cover of all these magazines and everybody's interested in hearing about her eighth husband or her ninth husband or whatever it was. Right. These are people that really figure out a way to remain relevant. It's an incredible skill. I mean, you know, it's the same. 
I look at it, I see it as like, you know, when you look at like LeBron James play basketball, you're like, wow, that's really, he's really skilled. It's like watching what he's doing is like art or listening to Beyonce sing. Like watching Kim Kardashian do what she does, to me, there's someone that I've been saying is media. It's like, this is art. Like she is really, really, really talented at what she does at kind of making that happen. And when you look at it, there was, you know, before her, there was Jennifer Lopez, who was extremely talented at doing that. And then there was, you know, there was um, Elizabeth Taylor. And before that, there were other people that were like that. Michael Jackson was incredibly good at doing that. So there are people out there that just understand how to kind of make this work. To some extent, Donald Trump, the president, is like that, too. They understand how to make it work, how to kind of, you know, mix this trolley-ish kind of thing with a scandalish, with an interesting... Uh, backstory, and they figure out a way to just constantly keep themselves out there in the press. And there, and a lot of times, these these are people that are also a, a lot of times just shameless, right, at, at, at putting it out there. And I think a lot of us just don't have the courage or don't have the boldness to kind of do what a lot of the, a lot of these people do. And I think a lot of them don't even think about it. I think it's just them. I think it's their personality. I think it's their human nature. I don't think that, you know, I I think there's a, some aspect that Kim sits and will think about the next narrative for the show and how to release it. But like for Donald Trump, I think that that is just him. I think that he doesn't overthink it. He just says it. And we all sit back with our mouths open. Like, holy shit. He just said that crazy shit again. Right. right. It's a lot of his instincts, right? It just comes naturally. He's like, Oh, you know, I haven't heard my name in long enough time. I got to say something crazy to kind of get myself out there. Do you think there's a lot of, or do you have evidence that there, or know personally that there's a lot of actors, musicians, rappers, whatever, that are gay and that just haven't come out yet? I, I mean, you always hear, you hear rumors, right? Sure. But a lot of times it's hard. Like, so a lot of times I'll hear rumors from like other, like a gay guy, right? Like a gay guy will say, hey, so-and-so is gay, right? But a lot of times, you know, and I don't want to stereotype, but a lot of times, a lot of gay people just think a lot of people are gay, right? So... You don't necessarily know if, if that's true. They they truly believe it, right? And they'll have some, they'll say, oh, you know, I heard my friend was dating so-and-so. Um, but you just don't know if it, uh, if a lot of that is true. I mean, I think that the idea of like a gay relationship, I think, you know, uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, would have been a lot more scandalous. Um, nowadays, you know, so I guess it would be- so funny you say that. You're so right, because I feel like, you said 15 years ago, that would have been a big story. Now I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if why, you heard it, you'd say, yeah. oh, all right. You know, right, like well, maybe if, if there's like, thing. if there's like a cheating scandal or if there's like a hidden gay stuff, like, like the um, perfect example is, um, um, Andrew Gillum, the former, uh, uh, he was running for, for, uh, uh, governor of Florida when the photos of him came out, right, with him, he was in a hotel room with a, with a man and there was um, allegedly crystal meth found in the, the hotel room. That was a gigantic scandal because he had basically been putting himself out as this family man, right? Like he'd show you, you knew, you knew pictures of his, of his wife as well as you knew pictures of him and his kids. And then to, to find out that, you know, that he's secretly going into hotel rooms with men and smoking crystal meth, that was, I think, just kind of, because he had created this image of himself, I think that was a bit of a, of a scandal. And that was a big story. But for a lot of other people, you know, especially if you're like a rapper or whatever, that they're not really into, you know, there's a story right now about um, Young Buck, formerly from G-Unit, G right? It's, it's not clear whether or not he's gay or not, but they did find that he was liking images on Twitter um, with, uh, with, of gay pornography. 
and there was a, a, uh, a transgender woman that claimed that they had some kind of a relationship together. But not, none of this is ever like kind of bottled, buttoned up and proven. But there's all kinds of kind of innuendo surrounding it. And, you know, it's, it, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like, you think about it. This is a rapper that people are making these allegations about, you know? And people are kind of like, okay, you know, there's some people that are, you know, trolling him on, online. But the, the story of, you know, him liking, um, you know, this, uh, the gay pornography on Twitter or, or this, uh, this woman, those, are, those aren't stories that perform particularly well on Media Takeout. And, you know, if this would have been 10, 15 years ago, that, they would have probably been the bombshell stories that would have taken us to, you know, to new heights. Okay, my one last question for you. Who is the biggest traffic driver for Media Takeout? What story, what person will always drive traffic there um for a while it was um and it always changes right so for a while it was Lori harvey she was definitely moving the needle for us um but right now i want to say it's still Lori harvey still has a good amount of following but I, i'd say doja cat I think is I really was gonna guess kind of, that Dax. I'm telling you, I was gonna <laughs> Dax. I was like, first I was say, oh, it's Beyonce. And then for for a joke, I was gonna say it's Doja Cat. But yeah, Doja I was gonna Cat. say Megan The Stallion. I feel like everyone's always talking about her. Look, people always come in and they say, who's the next star? And they're like, whatever else. And usually I tell them and they'll be like, that. That's not it. There is no doubt in my mind that one year from now, the biggest star in the world is gonna be Doja Cat. Wow. She might not even know, but you see the numbers completely tell you that that's where she's going to be. She's got everything. She's got all of the stuff that I was saying about, about understanding media and she's got hit records and she looks good. And she got a nice body. Like everything you put it together. It's like, that is like, what was funny was I was telling people that about Billie Eilish, like a year ago, like people did not like her. They did not know who she was. And I'm like, no guys, like there's something different about this girl that like her fans are rabid. Her, her look is different, and then it was like a year later, and she's just on top of the world. So I believe you. I trust you. I believe you. I mean, it's not. There's no doubt in my mind that that, that she's going to be there. If I, if you're an artist out there and you're listening to this, try and get a collab with Doja Cat now because you're not going to be able to do it. Well, I, we could probably keep you on all day. We know you've got, obviously, a big website to run, so you can't talk with us the whole time. Uh, but I, I really want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for letting us in on some of the secrets behind breaking news and you know, just kind of what the limits are with gossip and how you've created such an empire for yourself. And, uh, you know, it's for the culture, for the culture. And, uh, and and so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I had a great time. And where can people find you personally? Obviously, they know they can find MediaTakeout.com, but where can they find you? Uh, I'm really not on social media because then the celebs, you know, they can reach out to me and stuff. But you can go um, on MediaTakeout, sorry, MTO News every day. You can see um, the top African-American celebrity news in the world. Very cool. Respect that. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, bro. Well, that was fun. Like yeah. always, I love our our podcast. What can I say? <laughs> you're gonna like it because it's ours, man. Let's say one, <laughs> you know, let's say one day you're like, yeah, I hate our fucking podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, it's here's the thing. You know, we come from a news background. A lot of these, you know, yes, we haven't had people like uh, the heads of Us Weekly on or stuff like that. But this is the yeah, one we the heads- have. We actually have. Oh, we did. Jen Paris. We did. Have Jen. <laughs> <laughs> we did. But it's it's interesting to hear from the people that are actually you know 
these are the people that actually make news. And, you know, these are the gatekeepers of the news that you receive every single morning. You see in all the major popular blogs and sites. And here you're hearing information straight from the source. And, uh, Dax, let me ask you, what was your big takeaway from that interview? Um, I, I think... You know, it, it's funny hearing his story. It's so similar to like Harvey's story, the way they look at media, the, the way they look at breaking stories and treating publicists. It was funny because I think he's become successful the same reason that TMZ has become successful. It's like they looked at an industry unlike anyone else had up until that point. You know, it wasn't about working with the publicist to get a story. It was, no, I'm going to tell the real story. And I don't, you know, I, I don't care if you don't like it. It's the real story. So I'm going to break it. And I think that, you know, that's, that was my big takeaway. It was like, shit, like the, him and Harvey are so similar and they, they came in at the right time and did something brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's here. It's cool to hear that he's keeps his distance. You know, obviously he keeps all publicists for, within arm distance and he's like, you yeah, know, I'll talk to you, I'll listen to you, but I'm still going to do me. And same thing with celebrities. He doesn't want to have a relationship with these celebrities because that would damage the content that they produce daily. So it's... Which you, know, you would think for most entertainment outlets, you want to be cele- friends with celebs because then you can get stories and you can break news and it's cool to be friends with celebs. And he's like, it's not fun. It just actually ruins my business. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it was great. Really interesting. He's got a great story and very intelligent answers. I loved his answer about the Kobe story. And I think that was just shows you a perspective as a journalist. And with any story, it's like, you got to be prepared to get shit from people, you know, and that's what he is. He's prepared to handle all the, the negative feedback and positive feedback. You have to have some thick skin because that's what's going to happen with news. Even when it came to the dick pics, he knew he was going to get blowback, but he was ready for that. He was prepared for that. And it's I, I just found it really interesting. But also, he's just yep. it's a great story. You know? Good for him. Good for the site. They're crushing it. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you like it, subscribe, write a review. Those really help Please us. Please write reviews. We love it. We're reading them. I know people think that we don't read. We actually read this stuff. And I go in there. Like, there was one. Do you remember the person that wrote a really nasty review because the audio was bad? Yes. Do you remember that one? Yes. We went out and got new audio equipment, recording equipment, so that we sounded better. Like, we're, we're taking your advice. We're listening Please put us at five stars. It helps us out big time on the ratings uh, and going up the charts. So thank message you guys us for with all what you want to hear. Like us, subscribe, tell a friend. You know, obviously that's the only way. That's if you like us, just the way to support us is to write a review, subscribe, and that's what helps us. So with that, uh, my name's Adam Glenn. You can find me at Instagram at, at Adam Glenn on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, all the bullshit. You can find Dax at Dax Holt, D-A-X-H-O-L-T. And we will see you guys later.